0: Welcome to Conversations with Matt Dwyer. I am Matt Dwyer and this is an independent music podcast and my guest today is Dylan Baldy from the Cloud Nothings and you probably have guessed that that music that played in the show is also the Cloud Nothings. That song is The Spirit Of from their upcoming album The Shadow I Remember, which will be out in Car Park Records February 26th. You can go to their band camp, which is linked in my show notes, and you could pre-order that vinyl or digitally or any other form it may be coming in. Maybe they're doing that hip thing and putting it on cassette. Um, also there's other, uh, links that are pertaining to the cloud. Nothing's and some side projects by, uh, members of the band. So please check that out. And, um, if you haven't listened to the show before, uh, it is what I said, a music podcast. It's a conversation with somebody, uh, past episodes, I've highlighted uh, some new artists. There's established artists, and then there's legends like Wayne Kramer and Danita Sparks. If you go to my link tree in the show notes, that'll take you to all things Matt Dwyer. My website, my social media, Instagram is a great way to see who's been on past episodes and who's coming up. Follow me there. And if you can, become a Patreon supporter. Um, there's unedited edit episodes up there or interviews. So a lot of times these go longer much longer in some cases, and I put the whole thing up there. So there's bonus material, videos. I do a music blog about a new song or an old song every week, and uh, it's a great community and it's a great way to support and make the Conversations with Matt Dwyer podcast very happy. Also, what would be great is if you just told a friend about it and said, Hey, I'm a big Cloud Nothings fan. You're a big Clouds Nothing fan. This guy talked to the Cloud Nothings guy. So enjoy it. And speaking of my talking with Dylan Baldy, please enjoy this conversation. It's a really good one. Thank you. Is it me or do you move around a lot?
1: Uh, I do kind of. Yeah, <laughs> it was for a while. It was always I would keep moving and then going back to Cleveland. Um, but now it kind of seems like I'm here for a while. Yeah. Uh,
0: how is Philly?
1: It's okay. Yeah. It was nice, you know, until like nine months ago. (laughs) Um,
0: yeah, I guess everything is just, uh, your apartment and for everybody now.
1: Basically. Yeah. I do. I live in like a neighborhood that, you know, I go on, Like long walks like every day (laughs) because you know it's just nice and it's a neighborhood where i can do that and like see things and go to a park and stuff so that's nice um i do like that still.
0: what neighborhood are you in
1: um i'm in west philly um kind of near like university city also um so yeah there's a couple of really nice parks a lot of cool houses and stuff here
0: is german is germantown like the cool hipster spot these days and forgive me, for, uh, I use the word hipster and I'm ashamed of myself.
1: <laughs> that's okay. Cause it actually really accurately depicts your question. Um, yeah, I, I don't think so. I think that's more like a, maybe late thirties. I have a family now, <laughs> a place maybe that like aging hipsters now, maybe that might be Germantown. Um, it's nice up there. Germantown, like Mount Airy are kind of like nicer family. Feels more like a suburb almost.
0: Have you, uh, this is, I, I know this is really how you get into a, uh, music talk but have you had uh badia pizzeria
1: um i am vegan (laughs) so i have not eaten any anything delicious that you will suggest
0: (laughs) (laughs) i didn't know if he had vegan options i i I went vegan like five months ago as well oh nice um how long have you been vegan um
1: essentially since i started dating my girlfriend (laughs) um because she has been vegan since she's like 14 or something yeah so uh I guess, like, five years now, like, on and off with, you know, every once in a while I would eat something else. I still do, but for the most part, I'm not eating, like, meat at all, Yeah,
0: Yeah, it's, uh, the cheese is the only thing that I can't, like, the substitutes, you can't just, I can't find, and I like pizza, but I'm, like, I'm, I'm trying, you know, it's just, it's the one thing that sucks.
1: It's different. For a good, like, melty, like, cheese pizza thing, there's really no... There's nothing, yeah. You gotta just have pizza.
0: <laughs> and Cleveland is a pretty, like, I grew up in Chicago. I would say Cleveland, it, oh, yeah. it's very similar, like, a lot of Polish, a lot of Germans, a lot of sausage, a lot of heart
1: attacks. Mm, a lot of pierogies, yeah. Um, it's, yeah, the one big, actually just during the pandemic, the big Sokolowski's, it's called in Cleveland. It was like a cafeteria style. You just go and take a bunch of, like, brown Polish food and <laughs> put it on your plate and like pay by weight, I think. I think you pay by how much your plate weighed. Um, but that had to, that closed in the last couple of months just because of everything going on. Yeah,
0: yeah. Polish food is the only like brown. It's like not attractive, but delicious. Like you look at it and you're like, I really shouldn't. This looks like I'm just eating like something someone shit out for a lack of (laughs) because i i grew up in a or lived in a polish neighborhood for a long time and it was the same thing yeah there is there is a really good vegan polish place actually and uh yeah in
1: pittsburgh um it's called apteka and i think i feel like some like someone related to like the pittsburgh like techno kind of scene like owns that place or works there or something but It's really, really good, yeah. I feel like me and my girlfriend stop there every time we go back and forth between here and Cleveland.
0: There's a lot of, uh, in Compton, there's like a few soul food vegan places I have yet to make it to, but I'm like, that fucking fascinates me, because if you think of soul food, it's just, all I can think of is pork and, you know pork (laughs) 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 yeah i think it's probably just like satan instead of
1: pork i guess right yeah Yeah, that sounds good to me mac and cheese collards
0: do you say satan because i i i if i would say satan and i felt like a pretentious asshole so i just was like i'm just gonna say satan because that's more i just say
1: satan yeah i feel like maybe that's not how you say it that's how i've said it
0: yeah i I mean if the If the Catholics are going to make us eat the body of Christ, I might as well eat the body of Satan. That's more fun
1: that's right. <laughs> did you see that movie, "Hail Satan," that came out like last year, two years ago?
0: Yeah, that dude's been on my podcast like uh
1: th- oh really three times? I think Oh wow. I gotta find those episodes then because I love that guy. yeah, <laughs> he I, seems amazing
0: he's it's he well, I had him on after he did the pink mass. I don't know that I think they cover that in the documentary. Mm-hmm. Where he turned Fred Phelps' daughter into, or gran- grandmother into a lesbian in the afterlife, which is just fucking genius. <laughs> um, but it's like that kind of, his kind of protest, I wish more people would get on board with instead of like, and I'm guilty of it too, just ang- angry ranting. But he's like stirring the pot and really just giving a mighty fuck you to the right that in a, the most beautiful way.
1: Yeah,
0: he's cool. Lucian, what's his name? His name in is Lucian uh, Greaves, but then... Lucian Greaves.
1: His, Grieves, his real
0: name is Doug Mesner, and then I've heard, like, that's not even his real name. I think there's, like, these layers <laughs> of... And I actually, I honestly suspect, like, you know how his one eye is kind of... Mm. I, I even suspect that that's fake, to add a more sort of... That's uh, yeah, so funny. ...daunting yeah. look to him.
1: That's that's crazy. Yeah, I love I love that movie. Yeah, I had never heard of him up until then. But yeah, as soon as I saw that, I was like, I have to know everything about this guy. <laughs> yeah But yeah, it's cool because everything he does is like essentially harmless. You know, there's if it's like him behind it at least. Yeah, he's not like out to hurt anybody. He's just doing things that are like pretty funny and also like making a point. Yeah, so I like it.
0: Yeah, he's like a Harvard psychologist. Like he's got he's got crazy big brain. Mm-hmm.
1: No, that's uh, cool you talked to him
0: I'm jealous I will I can send you the links When it's done Sure Yeah Is there I, I, Other than like family Or whatever Is there Other reasons that you kept Going back to Cleveland I'm just curious Or just Is it just cause it's home
1: Uh It is home And it is where All of my Family is Um So that's a big part Uh But I guess like There was How did it all go I guess I started in Cleveland, my life. (laughs) Um, And then we started touring a lot. And then I spent, I never technically moved to like, like overseas, but I spent a lot of time over there for a little while in like Europe. Um, And then that stopped. (laughs) I stayed, I stayed in Cleveland again for a little while. And then I started dating my current girlfriend and we moved to, she lived in Boston at the time. And I, not that I couldn't like afford Boston if I had a bunch of roommates or something, but I didn't want to have a bunch of roommates. Um, I just, I like living alone or <laughs> with like one other person. Uh, so we moved to Northampton, which is Western Mass. Um, and I lived there with her for a little bit. And then we actually did split up for a couple months and I did go back to Cleveland
0: and she went to Philly. And then I ended up staying in Cleveland, even though we got back together, I stayed in Cleveland for a couple of years. Um, and then eventually finally moved to Philly and now we're living together. in Philly. Um, yeah, because I've read a lot about your time in Cleveland, like the early days of your music, and uh, I find it interesting because you talk about how um, a lot of uh, the bands are great, but they don't really go beyond Cleveland or they don't really have the desire. But it's also like Ohio and Akron and Cle- Cleveland are like rich with big, like, influential bands, and I was wondering if that is... Does that press on the scene at all, or does... Is that not, like, a concern? If that I hope that makes sense.
1: Yeah, um... I mean, the scene is just, like... It's just really small. (laughs) You know, it's not that many people, and, uh, it's it's already, like, you know... It's not a huge city. I think it's, like, 350,000 or something, probably, in the Cleveland... Like, the actual city. Um... So among that, the actual music scene itself, at least of people who are in bands that I am aware of, um, is pretty small. And it's kind of just the same group of people who will keep doing things with each other, you know, in different like ways. And it's all people who have like, you know, lives outside of music. So they're not trying to like turn this band into their life or something, you know, they're all doing their own thing. Um, Yeah. And then there's, it's fragmented in a weird way too. That I, I don't really understand, but all music scenes are probably like that, um, where it feels like some people really don't like this other portion of the scene. And like it doesn't you don't really know why. <laughs> you know, it doesn't seem like there's a reason from the outside, but it's just, yeah, there's little little clicks and stuff. but it's not it's not as bad as it used to be, I feel like
0: did uh, <clears throat> did you have a drive to to go beyond Cleveland?
1: yeah that's why I started the band I, I, had, I went to college <laughs> in Cleveland um just to my parents kind of just presented college as like this is what you're doing now and I was like oh okay I guess I'm going to college um so I went to this college in Cleveland called Case for like three months and did not enjoy myself and I was like well what how do I get out Um, so for some reason, starting a band seemed like a smart way to leave college, which is nuts. (laughs) Uh, but I did it and I booked like some tours for us and we went on the tours and things actually, they worked out slowly at first, but they did kind of work out in a way where we were able to just keep touring. And, you know, the whole reason I wanted to, you know, I liked, I like music. I like being in a band. Um, but I just wanted to, see more places (laughs) than I had at my, you know, just being in Cleveland my whole life.
0: What was it about college that wasn't clicking?
1: I I went there for music. I went there for saxophone uh, performance, which I still play sax a lot, actually. Um, but it's just the, like the college band that I was in, like the actual, like the concert band, you know, that plays classical music. Um, was worse than my high school band, which was just like unbelievable to me. And like the director guy, like didn't really acknowledge that it was bad. And I was like, he has to know that this isn't good, that like, you know, he's not saying anything about it, about how bad this is. So that was like very confusing to me. And then he would tell me, uh, I like, I would, I played in other little bands. I had like a, a little like punk band I was in at the time too. And we had a, Show offer, and that seemed like more fun to me than playing this concert with the concert band that was supposed to happen. So I told the director, I was like, Yeah, hey, I can't do this," and he was like, "Well, you're going to have to make a choice." It seems between uh, you know your studies and this other thing. And I was like, "Okay, <laughs> I guess I'll make my choice." <laughs> yeah, you got me. That's
0: a very um, uh, movie moment. It kind of was looking back at it because yeah, I hated this guy.
1: Yeah, and then he said that to me, and I was like, "All right, yeah, fine." gotta go um
0: did you have like aspirations of like sax career or were you just like sort of biding your time with that
1: I don't even know yeah it was kind of like I feel like people shouldn't have to go to college when they're 18 it seems cruel to be like choose (laughs) decide your life right now yeah because I was like I don't know what I thought I would do what do you do if you get really good at saxophone in four years like what do you do I don't know (laughs) I still don't know what you do I don't a lot of the people I know who did that are not necessarily doing music in like a career oriented way at all. yeah they're just doing other stuff. They just have a music degree too, so that's probably what I'd be doing.
0: yeah, college was same with me i was I think halfway through the semester, I was like, Oh, I was also doing a lot of cocaine. that didn't help my studies much either, but, mm. I was out and um because i know you've talked a lot about the myspace stuff because how that broke cloud nothings but but you put a bunch of different you had like how many bands did you have up on myspace
1: i i'm not sure um i feel like it wasn't like you know i probably had like four or five it wasn't an insane amount yeah but it was just, I was just something to do, you know? I was bored. I wasn't going to my classes, <laughs> so I <laughs> decided to do that.
0: Was it, Was it? were they all varying in sound, or was it all sort of similar and you were just fucking around?
1: I think in my head, they all sounded different, but in reality, it was probably all pretty similar,
0: Yeah. I just, uh, I just wish MySpace never left. It's all been hell since, I really think it's been hell since everything changed.
1: it's definitely it did feel really easy to like connect with other you know just to find weird music (laughs) or just like super localized music was very easy to find on MySpace somehow through everybody's like friend list and stuff but yeah it's a little harder to do that
0: yeah it was definitely I think because I had like comedian friends and like writer friends who all like thrived on it and it's like no one thrives on Facebook I, I think you just get sick to your stomach
1: Kind of. Yeah. And I feel like I don't know how to find. I guess you got to just talk to people now. <laughs> that That's <was laughs> You can't even that. do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Bring back Tom. <laughs> how Tom's like a Tom's like a photographer. He's like the MySpace Tom. Isn't he just like a nature photographer now?
0: Oh, I don't know. He probably has a mountain of money. That's pretty great. He just is like, he
1: definitely does. Yeah. He just has like an expensive camera and like travels the world and takes like landscape photos.
0: Lucky guy. That's, uh, that's pretty, that's great. And then, but we all hold him responsible for everything that's happened since, or at least I do.
1: You think he was the patient zero? No,
0: no. no. I, I mean, I like of I social would,
1: media. Yeah, I just wish he would have,
0: it would have stayed MySpace because I don't think it, maybe it wouldn't have gone willy nilly like it has. Like now, it's I don't know how much social mediaing you do, but it's pure hell. I, I, I hate it, but it's a necessary evil for promotion. Mm-hmm,
1: yeah, I'm on, I'm on Twitter and like Instagram fairly often throughout the day. Yeah, it's just, yeah. People say stupid stuff on there all the time, (laughs) (laughs) including myself. Yeah. And there's like, you know, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Uh,
0: How, how young were you when, uh, were you like 18 or 19 when you started first going, started going out and touring or were you? Uh, I guess I would have been 18 or 19. Yeah. I'm trying to think which, if I was still 18 at the time. Is that, was that, because I started, like, doing road stuff in my early 20s, but, like, at 18 or 19, was that just, what was that like?
1: Um, it it didn't feel that weird to me, <laughs> actually, because it just kind of seemed like, well, this is what I wanted to do. Yeah, so I started doing it, um, and it just kind of made sense. The only, the only real bummer is when you get to the West Coast, especially there's a lot of cities that don't let people under 21 into bars at all and we were playing at bars for the most part so i would have to just like sit outside or somewhere and then we would play and they would let me in and as soon as we were done playing they were like all right you have to go out so i'd go sit outside again so that was kind of i spent a lot of touring just like sitting in mcdonald's across the street from the venue or something you know because i didn't have anywhere to go didn't have any money so I would just, like, sit around. Um, so that was weird. But for the most part, it was, like, actually, I think a really good thing for someone my age to be doing, I guess.
0: Were you able to still get in some kind of... Because I always wondered, because I've seen bands just the same situation where they got to wait outside, and I'm like, are they still getting drugs and booze, or did they not care?
1: Oh, I I don't. I didn't care about that. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I was... <laughs> I wasn't, like, happy to be sitting outside. You know, sometimes it's nice to... Be, in the place you're playing um but at that that point you know nobody was coming to see us or anything so it wasn't like i was missing out on that much yeah it was it was fine and our our drummer would hang out with me a lot he would kind of sit outside with me
0: (laughs) and did you like go to europe and because europe would probably be a bit more friendly for the for an 18 19 year old
1: yeah, no, it was always, I've always preferred touring over there, honestly, to touring here, just because I like, I have some, like, fake, like, ooh, it's exotic, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's different, <laughs> I have that deep in me somewhere that I can't, like, shake, um, so I like going to Europe and being like, I'm in a different country today, and, you know, that's, that's fun for me, um, but yeah, it's definitely a little looser with just kind of, like, bullshit laws, yeah.
0: Are the audiences Drastically different in Europe, like response-wise.
1: Mm, nah, not really. No, for whatever reason, we seem to cultivate the same kind of crowd wherever we go. Yeah,
0: because like I've heard, just various bands, like even bands from LA hate playing LA. People like playing Chicago. Like, it's. It, do you notice that with varying? Do cities vary with response, or can can that stereotype like sort of exist?
1: um yeah i think the only thing for me is when i don't like an actual like city that's like what i noticed (laughs) like the crowd everywhere for the most part like the crowds from city to city are all kind of it's not that they're the same obviously it's like different people but they all kind of react to at least our music in similar ways you know people get excited about it um and it's not like there's one city we go to where we're like oh no like they're gonna they're not going to like us here. You know, it's just like, it's my own personal distaste for an actual city. Um, so like if we go and play in like, I don't know what a place I don't like is. I don't want to, I don't even want to say one. Um, but yeah, if there's, so that's the difference for me is my own like internal mindset going into a show. It has nothing to do with any of the crowd or other people. It's just me being like, I hate this building. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I guess a lot of the criticism from like LA is that everyone's too cool for school. So it's not like everyone just sort of stands there which I would say can be true from shows I've been at.
1: Yeah, have you have you seen us
0: play there by any chance? I was supposed to see you at uh the Echo, I believe in Los Angeles. I think that was around your second album. And okay. I uh I got depressed. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. I've regretted it. I've done that. I missed the dead milkman in high school for the same reason. I just kind of got like antisocial and I was like, I can't go. And I've regretted it for the rest of my life to not see the dead milkman. I don't know if you're a fan.
1: Uh, They actually play often in the park right down the street from my house. (laughs) I was talking about earlier. Weirdly enough I don't know If they must live here Or something Cause I feel like Last summer I was like Every weekend I was like The Dead Milkmen Are playing again In the park I'm like What is What is happening
0: Yeah they're They're, yeah. they're um, Native Rodney yeah. Anonymous Has done the podcast uh, And he was Great uh, except he, he, talked about a lot of really like bands to check out. And then I checked them out and I didn't like any of them. <laughs> Personal taste. <but laughs> I, was, I was like, I don't I don't like any of it, but it was like, he's into a lot of like electronic and stuff. And that's just not my cup of tea.
1: Yeah.
0: Have you gone and seen no, him play? Funny.
1: I haven't actually. Yeah. I would just see people on Instagram, like posting like I'm at the park and stuff the dead milkman are <laughs> like, they just doing that because so it's funny.
0: COVID and they're like fuck it let's do something for the people
1: well no this hasn't happened this year I guess yeah I meant like whenever the last summer was that people were normal with like yeah year and a half ago or whatever
0: no oh, because like, I've you know. seen like on Instagram I've seen stuff of them like playing in one of their driveways or something
1: uh, yeah, maybe they just do little pop-up things all the time then. How yeah. is
0: the? Because I've. How is Philly for like music scene? Because I, I don't know much about it. I know Carl Blau lives there now, but I don't. He does.
1: Yeah, I just saw him. That was the last show I saw before, <laughs> uh, you know, before all this. Because um, my girlfriend put together uh, like a David. Bur- oh, she didn't put it together, but she played in the backing band for this David Berman tribute show. Um, and Carl Blau sang one of the songs, um, last thing I saw. Uh, but yeah, the music scene's cool. There's a lot of bands, a lot of, it's funny coming from Cleveland to this, um, because there are so many more bands that are nationally touring or nationally known in a way. So it almost feels like it's more of like a, just more people who understand that specific lifestyle <laughs> in a way, you know, here. So that's kind of nice to, have, to be able to talk about that with people. Um, and yeah, there's, there were good
0: shows constantly, you know, here it's, it's nice. Um, <clears throat> I was curious, I, I was reading about how you began to move away from the lo-fi sound and, and, and was, and less uh, writing sort of like angry punk songs. And I was wondering if that's, what sparked that sort of desire to move in a slightly different direction?
1: Uh, like when? Uh, (laughs) 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 I think
0: it was like the album before last, I think you were saying, because you were talking about having more of a, a polished sound and not, and, and, and being more able to, uh, starting to write your, making your lyrics more,
1: uh, relatable. I remember, I remember what you're talking about now. Okay. Um, yeah, this was like 2015 or no, when did this record come out? I guess that record came out in 2017. Uh, life without sound. Yes. I think was- that was, I think that was 2017. Um, but yeah, that one kind of just, well, we worked with this producer who was, I guess he made everything sound a little shinier in a way that I wasn't even really you know, expecting when we worked with him. Cause for the most part we had done stuff that was pretty like you know quick and uh, scrappy. Uh, so yeah, working with this guy, John Goodmanson um, at a really fancy studio in, El- in Tornillo, Texas, which is like an hour away from El Paso. Um, this a studio called Sonic Ranch, which is on like a big pecan farm. It's run by this, like, guy out of a, like, a movie script character, this, like, rich guy (laughs) named Tony, who's, he's, like, an unbelievable kind of person. Like, you have to just go and experience him to really understand what he's all about. Um, So, yeah, that whole process was kind of, the songs themselves were definitely poppier in a way, just because that was kind of what i am going for or what i've always been going for and i feel like i just kind of get closer and closer to like the core of making this good like guitar pop song and that's just what i've always been trying to do so the records themselves are becoming a little more you know they're all headed towards that direction yeah and that was the first one where the production kind of leaned that way also i think
0: was that i can't remember if that was before or after you worked with albini
1: that was after, yeah, there was Albini, then John Congleton, and then John Goodmanson was that record, yeah.
0: How how did you like working with Albini?
1: That was great, yeah. We just did another record with him. Oh, really? Um, oh, is that the one that's coming February. out? In February. Oh, wow. Yeah, the upcoming one is uh, it's an Albini record, yeah. It was uh, it was great working with him. He's the first person we've worked with twice, actually,
0: which is funny. Yeah, because... Um, it's his wife used to manage a theater that I worked at. So I hit, he would come around and he'd bring whoever he was recording to the, Oh uh, sh- yeah, she does like the second
1: city stuff, right? Yeah. Is that yeah. yeah.
0: Um, I was, cause it's interesting cause you, I, I read an interview after you recorded with him the first time saying, I wish I paid more attention to what he was doing. And I was wondering if you paid more attention to what he was doing, like on the boards. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, kind of, it's hard to pay attention. He pays such like way closer attention than I even realized like last time we were making this record. And the last one, I, I, it was more than, or it was like eight, nine years ago at this point. So it's a, that's a little fuzzy anyway. Um But yeah, this one, we, the way he records, it's just like going to like your friend's house and hanging out with your friend, but your friend has like some of the nicest like mics in the world <laughs> and, and he's like <laughs> Steve Albini. Um, yeah. So he is just really, really proficient at capturing like exactly what your band sounds like when you play in a room, you know, cause we had practiced these songs a bunch and all we wanted was someone just to make it sound like us playing in a basement, which should be easy, you'd think, but for some reason that's really hard for people to do. Um, and he just does it like perfectly. Um, so yeah, it was, and when you record with him, or at least for us, he would play through a song like to mix it, you know, his mixing process is pretty quick, but he would play through it and he changes little things in there that I don't even, I don't even know how to describe exactly what he was up to, but he would hear little things happening that like somehow didn't make it sound quite as like true of a performance for like one second at one part. And he would, he has to like physically move everything. Cause he's doing everything analog and he'll like explain what he's doing. And it's so like minute and like his like performance on the mixing board, like while the song is playing is he's just like listening so closely and changing all these tiny little things all the time. So that's like, that's kind of what makes him special. I feel like there's not too many people that are going to
0: dig in like that to any music (laughs) wow I've never I've I've interviewed a number of people who've worked with him and I've and I've never heard it articulated that way it's really fascinating it was it was really interesting
1: and even I think I was just talking to somebody else about this but he like another little insight into his like mind was there's a lot of piano on this record um I just played piano on top of some of the songs after we were done recording just because there are little like gaps that I thought piano would sound nice in so it was like an overdub, um, and at one point I was like, "Hey, can you turn up the piano at this part?" And he was like, "Well, you know, I don't like to make acoustic instruments sound uh, louder than they would actually be in the room with a like a band playing." And I was like, "Okay, <laughs> um, well, I guess I, I see where you're coming from, um, but can you please turn the piano up here?" Yeah. but it's just funny that he's he thinks so like just his mind is thinking strictly of like capturing reality. Yeah. You know, he's would even like say something like that is, you know, it's is, old school in a way, but it makes sense.
0: Is that yeah. a, is that a rare quality for, with the producers that you've worked with? I mean, not to say that they don't have their own unique qualities, but just something like that approach.
1: Um, that was something that's never come up <laughs> for sure. I've never heard anybody <laughs> say that before. Um, yeah, it's just he has a bunch of little quirks that make him who he is.
0: Also, you know. uh, does he wear those jumpsuits the whole time? Those work. Is that yes? Oh. <laughs> yes he does. <laughs> also, <laughs> you you have his cadence down like you you do a pretty good Albini, Just for the record, if you if you oh well, thank you. If yeah. you ever want to audition for Saturday Night Live, <laughs> <laughs>
1: do a Steve Albini impression. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, did he? Did yeah. you? Because doesn't he have a residence too, where people can live there while they record?
1: he does there was another band there while we were because there's two studios in this building um there's like the a studio and the b studio and i prefer the b one because it has that like a big like silo of a drum room and that's what like i think when people think of albini they think of like that room specifically and the way drums sound in that room so i like that one more but there was a band in the other studio and they were staying at the in the beds or whatever so we couldn't did you get to talk to
0: him just about music in general? Because I've watched him speak a lot about, and, like, he's convinced me of things I have I didn't like, and I'm like, oh, okay, I was wrong, because that was pretty... <laughs> it's like, did you get to talk to him about any of that? Or just any of his experiences? Mm,
1: no. We didn't really talk about anything like that, yeah. It was mostly just, like... It was a really fast-paced record, honestly. We were in there for probably a shorter amount of time than we should have been. Um, So, like, we kind of kept him working (laughs) harder than... Like, just not harder, but... Especially the very last day. He had to leave, like, the next day after our session to go to France to do some kind of, like, master class or something. And we really just wanted to finish our record um so we had him like he was at the studio like later than he really wanted to be which you know thank you steve um and i'm sorry but yeah we kind of there wasn't a whole lot of time for chit-chatting yeah
0: uh, how was it going into the second record this second time with him did you have more sort of luxury to work or like more um, t- more time is what i meant on this record?
1: Yes. The most recent one? Uh, no, this one we actually booked a little less time because that's all the studio was available for, which I'm glad because they had a later date that they could have done it, but that would have ended up not working because of COVID and everything. So I guess luckily we did this a short amount of time and just like worked nonstop for, I think it was, how many days? I want to say it was five days, um, wow. which is like too fast. I'm <laughs> like, we really could have used one more day. Um, but not in a bad way. Like, it's done. It sounds good. I'm happy with everything. But, yeah, just
0: in terms of, like, being able to relax, it would have been nice to have an extra day. But, yeah. Uh, I'm cre- curious about that. Like, when you have – do you feel a pressure within those five days? Or do you, are you just like, fuck it, it's going to be what it's going to be?
1: Um, I kind of like working with a strict time limit, I guess, because otherwise it's easy to just sort of – keep adding things or keep like, you know, questioning if something's right, you know, you kind of just have to be like, here we go. And this is, this is what it is. Yeah.
0: So it's nice to almost have that kind of time constraint. Yeah. Is there a different approach? Do you always record in analog or do you, have you also recorded digitally?
1: Mm, I think, uh, well, we have these records we've been putting out during the pandemic that are totally just like, in a computer you know we're just emailing stuff back and forth i want to say yeah i think the albini ones and maybe part of the john congleton record were all analog but everything else was digital yeah
0: because i've heard some people say like there's there's less time to fuck around with analog like because you're cutting with you if you if you're i guess going real old school and you're actually cu- splicing the tape that you have to <laughs> like mm-hmm. make more definitive decisions i don't know if you- yeah yeah it can be i guess it, i mean
1: honestly it's the Albini slices all that stuff like as fast as it would be for me to try to use a computer to do it um but if I was recording the tape and I had to be the one splicing things, I'd be like, "We're not changing anything." Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we can't be splicing <laughs> tape right now. I'll never do this. We'll never get anything done. I can't imagine. Um. So yeah, that.
0: Uh, Go it, ahead. Yeah. Oh, it's just weird to me that that's. I mean, that would. It, I'm a clumsy and neurotic, and like splicing tape just seems like a fucking nightmare.
1: It's it's like a really, you know, what's the. Intricate. What's the word for, like, something really... I don't know. It's just... It looks hard to me. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I've never done it to... Or I had to do it at a point where I would need to be, like, doing it quickly in service of other people, you know, who are, like, waiting on me. That would stress me out. But yeah. yeah. Some people are just really good at it.
0: Also, just a little advice. Don't ever turn to a Chicagoan for a big word. We don't have them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. We I'll are not that. educated.
0: Our schools are... <laughs> uh when uh, so you guys have been recording and I've read some of this too you've been how is that working remotely with um your bandmates like via zoom or however you're doing it how is that and is that been a different challenge from like the way you've worked in the past yeah it's fine you know i
1: don't it's i don't prefer it to obviously like playing music with humans and a rim um but it's the only way we can really do things right now so it's a lot of just me and uh, the drummer in my band Jason um he kind of like mixes everything too um so I'll send him a song he'll record some drums um send it back to me I'll like sing over it maybe change some parts send it back to him <laughs> and he'll like mix it send it to me and I'll listen to it and be like let's try it you know so it's just a lot of emailing um which isn't that fun um but (laughs) at the end of it you know when it's all done you have a song if you did it right you have a song that sounds you know people probably wouldn't be able to tell that it was recorded in this way versus all in a room together or at least i wouldn't um so that's kind of interesting that the end product is still like something that sounds essentially live um
0: but i the actual like writing and creating and stuff just takes a little longer than i like yeah Yeah, because you you write compulsively, you said. Are you constantly writing?
1: Yeah, I try. Well, during this whole, like, I've been trying to do, like, a song a day just to... Damn. Honestly, just to have something to do. (laughs) Um, Because all of my avenues of, you know, entertainment and uh, work have been stripped away, (laughs) unfortunately. Uh, So I need to you know find some way to spend my time um so yeah i I try to do a song every day and then we started putting out all these we do like an ep every month now so we'll release like four songs every month on our band camp um and people can you know download those and so we we do that we put out two records in this like time frame too we've just been doing a lot of recording because there's not a whole lot else to do jason i think at one point was playing drums and like three different like internet bands you know it's just like <laughs> it's hard to it's yeah
0: if we're still doing it it's hard but we're still still trying uh, you are, when you write a song every day are you setting challenges down for yourself like fuck it I'm gonna write a calypso sounding tune do you ever because <laughs> uh, I don't know how fam- Carl Blau's like his styles are all over the fucking place and he put out a reggae version of the Nutcracker <laughs> like
1: whoa yeah it's on his... like re- recently it's or... on his band camp oh i'll check that out that sounds good i went and saw the nutcracker the ballet last year how was that it, fine. <laughs> uh, it was fine <laughs> uh it was it was too expensive i don't know if you've ever gone to the ballet but it's really expensive I or went... at least this one was yeah
0: i went once uh with my ex-girlfriend who was a ballerina and I got the real oh, strong well, all right. she I got the real strong impression she wanted to fuck one of the dudes in the dance company so that really puts a taint taint on on, on your on your artsy experience when you know you're that would be a bummer
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, well yeah I didn't have that experience I just <laughs> I went we, we did this tour with this band called the Courtneys do you know them I don't they're they're cool they're all from somewhere like Calgary, Canada or something. I think they live somewhere else now. Um, but they they were the first like non-Australian, New Zealand band that Flying Nun ever signed, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, they, they have a couple good records, um, but we did a tour with them and the drummer of that band kept being like, you have to see the Nutcracker. <laughs> I was like, okay, fine. I'll go see the Nutcracker. So Sadie, my girlfriend and I, we went and saw the Nutcracker and it was like, yeah, it was fine. It was just it cost too
0: much money. Um, anyway, what were we what were we talking about? Oh I was asking you if you challenge make like challenges for when you're writing a song a day.
1: Well, oh, uh, well the challenge is to write a song a day, essentially. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's kind of a lot to try to not repeat yourself, you know, to just be able to try to make something. There's only so many things I can do, just I try to keep the band very Two guitars, bass and drums, like that's all I really want this band to be. Um so within that constraint, there's plenty of things that you can do, but to just keep it in like the little like pop song world, it's kinda fun to just try to not do the same melody that you did, you know, a couple weeks ago or something. Just make sure you're not repeating yourself. So that's the that's the struggle with doing the song every day.
0: Yeah. Out outside of of Cloud Nothings, do you have aspirations to write something uh different than guitar bass drums is like uh, are you t- aiming for a, like a your your pet sounds uh <laughs>
1: um there's there's other stuff i do yeah but it doesn't really some people have put out some stuff that we've done i have like some free jazz <laughs> stuff that i've done uh where i play saxophone and there's a couple records of that that are out there um but yeah and i do i make kind of like other types of music at home you know i'll make like ambient music and stuff here and there but that's kind of just for for me <laughs> essentially uh so yeah i feel like in terms of just what the public hears
0: it'll probably just be quite nothing until this band <laughs> dissipates your your kids after you're dead will have to release your ambient music
1: they will, yeah, the ambient tapes after I die. That'll be a popular release. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, do you play the the free jazz stuff? Are you playing with other people or are you just sort of on your own?
1: Yeah, I do. I, we do it with other people. It's, it's often... A lot of the stuff I do is me and our drummer, uh, Jason. So it's me and Jason. We just call it the Baldy-Garish duo because um, his last name is Garish and my last name is Baldy. Um, but... It's, yeah, it's just something different because we both like that kind of music and we both often will go to shows and we have lots of friends who do that kind of stuff and kind of exist only in that world, you know? So I think we're kind of, it's maybe strange to them that we play these like in this, you know, indie rock band or whatever and have this other interest. Um, but yeah, we we like doing that. We just made some recordings. I had to go back to Cleveland during this pandemic actually, which was like nerve wracking and terrible. Um, but we had to record something for God, nothings we had to do like a video. Um, and we did do another little free jazz thing where we played with this other guy, John that we know we're going to have something where our friend who writes, uh, he's a really good lyricist and he just wants to talk over top of our music. So we are like, okay, yeah, we made some like recordings for
0: him to just talk over. Yeah. So there's, there's some, collaboration going on yeah is there a lot of free jazz in philly
1: is there is there there is a scene for that is there what oh yeah i was just uh,
0: just a jazz scene in philly in general i was curious about
1: there is and historically there's been a huge one um like i mean coltrane grew up here a lot of people oh, grew right. up here um but yeah to this day i think a lot of people do it i'm not actually really personally involved with the scene here. Cause it is people who are like dead serious, like very good musicians, which I am t- like technically not. <laughs> so I think I would just get like laughed out of the room if I just brought my saxophone and I was like, Hey guys, yeah, I, I play in a rock band. Let me, <laughs> let me play jazz. Um, like these are people who like have studied that kind of music their whole lives. Yeah. But there's that international anthem label that runs out of Chicago. Actually, I'm pretty sure. Um, do you know that one? I don't. Inter- no, it's a really good international anthem. Oh, I'll check that out. Um, but yeah, they put out a lot of cool stuff this year, and a lot of it is people from Philly, um, a lot of jazz musicians from Philly and Chicago, kind of collaborating. Yeah,
0: because yeah, Chicago has a huge, or at least, or maybe not huge, but prominent like improvisational free jazz scene. And I don't, do you know Ken Vandermark? Oh uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because and he seems to be sort of the the curator of it all but him and i uh, like i interviewed uh macy stewart from ohm and she, she's a,
1: oh macy's on our record <laughs> oh is she i saw she follows yeah. you yeah. yeah she's on the one that's coming out the Albanian one.
0: Yeah. Oh, because she plays with uh she she'll play with ken and stuff in chicago which i was
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is uh it's just wild how to me how Worlds in Chicago, like interweave, and like she's called it a genreless music scene, which is kind of a fascinating way to
1: word. Yeah, it. that that to me seems like the ideal music scene. <laughs> kind of just people who are like down for whatever, you know. They'll play any kind of music. Everyone kind of, even if it's not like something you'll listen to all the time, and you know, it's like they'll play on this. Yeah, sure. You know, it's just like fun. I feel like more, more cities should learn from that. Yeah. the Kind of the like cross pollination of all the genres and types of people. You Have know.
0: you ever been curious to live in Chicago?
1: Oh yeah. No, I, I would really like to actually, but I think at this point it is the winter. that would keep me, away from <laughs> me Yeah. Cause even, even here in Philly, it's like, it's not great, but it's not Chicago I and mean, it's not Cleveland, you know, it's like Cleveland, Chicago, similar winters. Uh, yeah, Philly's always like 10 degrees warmer,
0: so that's nice. But. Yeah, uh, we talk about leaving California because it's getting, especially the L.A. area because it's too expensive, but I'm like, there's no fucking way I'm going back to Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love the city, but yeah, there's no fucking way.
1: Um, I wouldn't mind it if I didn't have to ever like go outside, I guess if I could like truly just be inside and happy, I would be fine with dealing with three months of like a horrible (laughs) winter or more than three months. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just to be able to function like that
0: is kind of, kind of hard. Yeah. Yeah. Not a fan. Um, to, to wrap it up, is there, and I'll put all things you in the, that where they can buy the new album and everything in the show notes, but is there anything, uh, you would like to plug that, uh, we didn't cover or that you would, uh, out, you know, the new album or anything else, the band camp, I know I'll put in the show notes. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, we have this band
1: camp, uh, if, if speaking of like kind of free improv and weird music, our, our drummer Jason runs a label kind of with our bassists, Um, and it's called Unifactor. Um, and that, they put out tapes. I think he's going to do his first like LP sometime next year. Um, so that's,
0: that's something that we do that not a lot of people know about. Um, but yeah, otherwise I feel like we kind of just talked about all the upcoming stuff. Thank you very much for taking out the time to do this. I really enjoyed it. And I really, that's, yeah, no problem at all. Thank you. I, I greatly enjoy your music for whatever some dopey Thanks. guys. <laughs> I'm that's sure you've never cool. had anyone tell you they like your music before, so I'm <laughs> sure that was very
1: about to
0: be Thank you very much for listening to Conversations with Matt Dwyer. Please remember to go to the link tree. Uh, link in my show notes and support me on Patreon if you can, or just tell your friends about the show. That would really mean a great deal to me. Tell people about the show and follow my social media. And again, if, if you like, join the Patreon, become a subscriber, and get bonus material, videos, blogs, all kinds of stuff. Thank you very much for listening.